you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you take ownership of your career and life and take control of your future. And today I'm featuring an interview I did on the Own Your Career Summit back in November. It's with my friend Julie Winkle Giulioni, who is the author of the new book, Promotions Are So Yesterday. And we spoke about her book and her research for the summit back in November, but I'm excited to announce that her book is now available. It's out on Amazon this week. I think as of March 8th, it's available. So go check it out. Listen to this interview. If you like what Julie has to say and you want to read more, you want to dig in to some of the studies and you agree the traditional corporate ladder is out and things are changing and you want some ideas and how you can really lean into that, check out Julie's new book, Promotions Are So Yesterday. Without further ado, here is the interview that we recorded for the Own Your Career Summit just a few months back. So you hear me refer to the summit in this interview. It is just as relevant today as it was then. Enjoy. The working world is changing and the old model of success and climbing the traditional ladder doesn't really work anymore for a lot of people. But what if there is a better way to find fulfillment in your career? Our guest today is going to provide an alternative, more hopeful and possibility-filled approach to career growth and development. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Julie Winkle Giulioni, who is an author, speaker, and corporate learning designer. And her new book, Promotions Are So Yesterday, will be released in March of 2022. And I'm excited to dive into this topic. Julie and I have been friends for many years now, and I just know she always brings so much uh, excitement, expertise, and passion to this topic of career development and helping people manage their careers. So I'm excited to dive in. Julie, welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Andy. I've been looking forward to this. I have as well. And this topic and even the title of your book, Promotions Are So Yesterday, speaks so much to a lot of what I've been hearing in the corporate space lately, I'm sure you have as well. As I've been working with more companies, one of the top things or requests I hear from companies is something to the effect of, we don't have a lot of promotions available and we have a lot of employees who are getting frustrated because they only think about that traditional climbing the corporate ladder and the promotions are not there and we're worried that they're going to get frustrated and leave. Can you help them figure out other ways to grow in their career? And my answer is always, yes, there are lots of ways to grow. And every time I get that question and I'm working with clients, I think about you and the work that you've done and the book you've got coming out. So can you explain some of the background and and why we should be thinking about this new way of working? Absolutely. And you've just teed it up perfectly, Andy. You know, the organizational landscape has changed and our inner landscape has changed as well. You know, on the organizational front, to your point, there aren't a lot of promotions. There's been downsizing and right-sizing and we've got de-layering of that middle tier of management. We've got boomers who have the audacity to live longer and work longer and, you know, occupy some of those boxes on the org chart. And so there's a sense that there is a reduction in the open spaces on the, the game board there, but the pyramid, you know, we talk about a ladder, but it's really never been. Ladders would allow for even flow, right? It's a pyramid. And it's becoming more and more like a pinhead in many organizations. So 
organizational structure is part of what's, you know, happening here, but our inner landscape and those changes, you know, to how we as individuals interact with our jobs, that's transforming as well. And it's conspiring to, to change things. I mean, the average tenure is about four years now. You know, it's not the cradle to grave experience that our parents had in many cases. And so what does a career mean when you're somewhere for four years, when you're going to be changing 12 times over the course of your working life? We have to you know, kind of reevaluate, redefine what career even means. And the problem is, I think career and career development, they're almost like trigger words. They just, they hijack the brain and they take it reflexively to this picture of the ladder and these expectations that are completely out of sync with today's reality. And so we've got this situation, you know, where you're looking around and you've got, you know, people who are, are dissatisfied, disengaged, we've got turnover and, and it's time for kind of career, careers have changed. Yeah. Career development hasn't kept up. So it's yeah, time to help career development. And, and I feel like it creates a lot of pressure there too. And some, there are some organizations and I've worked in some where they have sort of a quote up or out type culture where, you know, if you've worked in a position for a while and you haven't moved up, then it may be time to move on. But in others, it's totally fine. As long as you're providing value to be in one role or move laterally for many years. And yet people put out of this unnecessary pressure on themselves, or maybe they feel pressure from their parents or because they feel like they need to, you know, move up to show off or gain, you know, uh, respect from their peers or their friends. And they kind of make up this, this unnecessary pressure that, well, I need to move up the ladder. Otherwise I'm not successful, but you know, you're talking about this new way of working where maybe we can relieve some of that and find other ways to grow and find fulfillment. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Andy, I'm working on an article around the various pressures that do conspire to, to create that, that intention, that, that myopic expectation of moving up the corporate ladder. And I was doing a workshop recently with a, a pharmaceutical firm, and this one gentleman was talking about his internal pressure to succeed and move up the ladder, and it wasn't happening in the way he wanted. And he was talking about his family members like looking at their watches and asking, oh, well, when did you publish last? When was the last time you published a paper? Even he said, they don't even understand what I'm writing about. And the expectation is I'm going to publish something every year and, and move up that run. So there's a lot of, yeah, internal social pressure. And I would say actually that there are fewer organizations these days that have the up or out mentality. I think you're right. More of them are perfectly happy to keep people where they are. And it's the individual who's feeling the need to do something. And, and if they want to move up frequently, move out to make that, that upward move. Yeah. And I talked about the, like the pressure we put on ourselves and the stress and that's okay. Right. We, we may have expectations for ourselves and a lot of people are ambitious and they want to move up, but we're kind of making this up sometimes and wondering what are some of the risks or challenges of continuing to define our career development in terms of promotions, positions, and moves instead of other things. You know, I think 
we're seeing the effects of it, but we're seeing the risks right now. We're seeing people who are disillusioned and disappointed. They're feeling disrespected and, and discounted. I mean, all the disses that are happening there in the workplace. And it's at least one, and I think significant factor that's contributing to the great resignation, the pressure to, to leave and find a, another option. So we've got people who are making the choice to take their talents somewhere else. In fact, there are some statistics I wanted to just share. 94% of employees say they would stay longer at an organization if they believed an investment was being made in their development. 70% say that they're um, at least somewhat likely to leave their current employer for another that has a reputation for that kind of investment and development. So we're seeing people either start thinking about or actually make that move to leave, to go to the, the pastures that are more developmentally oriented. Or then, you know, the other risk is the folks who are disengaged and stay and stay in a diminished way, not you know, willing to give everything that they have to, to offer. And then finally, I would say all of this comes together to create a reputation. You know, organizations today have to be really careful about the employment reputation that they have out there with the transparency, with social media, Glassdoor. I mean, there's just word gets around so quickly. And um, if an organization isn't figuring out new ways different ways to develop people. Word's going to get out on that. It's going to be difficult to attract attract top talent. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think more than ever, people want to work for organizations where they feel like they're being invested in, you know, companies investing in their growth and there are growth opportunities and there's some trajectory for their career. I think the younger uh, generations are showing that that's like more and more what they care about as well as diversity, equity, inclusion being something that they're they're clamoring for and, and asking for and, and, you know, quite frankly, helping to shift the world and the marketplace, right? There's a risk that we continue to look at us, this traditional model as the only way and we put pressure on ourselves. What's the alternative? What's our alternative to a traditional definition of think about our career and career growth? Well, the alternative really is to expand our definition of what careers are. You know, traditionally we've thought careers are, are titles, career development is about promotion to those different titles. And so as a result, we've been, you know, measuring our success against this artificial yardstick, these artificial markers. So what we know is that careers are actually bigger than that. And so it's, if we can expand our view of and our definition of career, we can expand what's possible in terms of growing it. And so, excuse me, my research found that beyond and between and besides those promotions and moves and positions that we're all so myopically focused on, there are countless other meaningful ways that we can help people grow, ways that they're interested in just as much as, or maybe more than those promotions. But we have to you know, kind of move beyond the one and two dimensional way we've thought about career development in order to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that we're talking about this and we're thinking about these different ways. So what are, I'd love to hear, like, what are some examples? What are you, I know you've done a lot of research, you've interviewed a lot of people, you've done surveys. What are you seeing out there that people are saying that, yeah, I didn't get this, I didn't climb the traditional ladder, but I'm doing X, Y, Z, and I'm finding a lot of fulfillment in my career. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my first book came out nine years ago, Help Them Grow or, or Watch Them Go. 
And over this period of time, I've had the opportunity to engage with thousands of people around the world. And one of the questions that I have asked consistently through keynotes and training sessions and, and everything that I do is, you know, what does career mean to you? And it's quite stunning. I mean, people went really deep. Of course, a lot of what they talked about initially, kind of that first layer is careers are a vehicle to be able to take care of myself and take care of my family in the way that, that I envision. But then as they kept talking, the themes were so rich. When they talked about what a career meant and what growth looked like to them, they talked about, you know, they want to be doing something that makes a difference that lets them live on purpose. They, they see careers as an opportunity to engage in lifetime, lifelong learning. Careers offer an opportunity for relationships and, and a sense of community, for digging deep and feeling that you know, profound sense of, I got this, I'm really good at this, you know, building that confidence that extends to other parts of their lives. They talked about careers being about an ongoing series of challenges that they get to step up to, to stretch their capacity and whatnot. And they also talked about things like, you know, satisfaction and meaning and happiness being part of careers, as well as being able to, over time, have more influence. As they talked about all of these different things, Andy, what I heard were these common recurring themes that ultimately, you know, just kind of as they rolled around in my brain, they formed a model that in the new book I refer to as the multidimensional career framework that outlines, you know, kind of expands the envelope of what career development is in a more holistic way and gives people a new vocabulary. So there are essentially, as part of this model, this is a long prelude to get to your answering your question, there are seven dimensions that folks have identified through this field research are additional dimensions of career that can be grown. So there are things like contribution, that willingness to be of service, competence, connection, and, and so on. We can get into them if you want. Yeah, I like that. And it's, it's funny, the next thing I was going to ask you about was your multidimensional career framework, because I know you had put that together. And I, I can just imagine that being like the big thing that people come away with from this book, that this framework does exist. And there are these other dimensions, there are these other ways that we can think about growth in our careers, both for ourselves. And I know you're also writing this for organizations thinking about, well, how do we serve our employees and help them grow and give them growth opportunities so that they stay longer, right? They want to be here longer and they go beyond that. I think you said the average tenure right now is four years. I feel like based on all my conversations, it's less than that, but I see some companies that are doing it right and providing those opportunities. So what does that multidimensional career framework look like? And how does that help companies keep people longer? So it's, it's almost like a, a bigger more colorful palette that allows people to paint their careers in richer, deeper ways. It uh, redefines career as eight different dimensions. And the dimensions are contribution, you know, that desire to serve, to make a difference, competence, the ongoing learning, growing, developing capacity. There's connection, that sense of making relationships uh, that are meaningful and having a sense of community, confidence, 
which is something we don't normally think about when we think about careers, but, you know, it's not having it is a, it can place a, an invisible ceiling on, on your ability to grow. There is also challenge, contentment, and choice, you know, the ability to make meaningful decisions, have more flexibility, autonomy, and whatnot. And then finally, the eighth dimension is climb, because I needed it to be a C to work with all of the other Cs, of course. But what was fascinating, Andy, is that, you know, I knew that each of these alternative seven dimensions were viable. They came out of these you know, thousands of conversations. But what I wondered was, you know, when you really laid it all out there, how valuable were they to people really? And so we did some, some research. We did a global study with 750 plus people worldwide. And we addressed a couple of different things. But what was most informative to me was when we laid out these eight dimensions and we just said, you know, rank these in terms of your level of interest in investing in, in developing these right now. Which of these are most interesting to you? And people ranked them, had no idea what was going to come back. And I got to tell you, what did I, the results couldn't have been better if I put my thumb on the scale there, which I promise I didn't. Yeah. The thing that was amazing was in aggregate across the board, all of the alternative definitions or dimensions were actually more interesting to people than the climb. It was dead last. Now, there was just one demographic group where that wasn't the case. And it was the 20, we, we organized by decade. So the 20 somethings, they had a choice last and then the climb, uh, the corporate ladder was just above that. So kind of makes sense, you know, newer entrants to the workforce, maybe looking for more structure. Maybe they don't want the open playing field, but in aggregate, as I said, climb was absolutely at the bottom of the list, which tells me we've been putting the wrong menu out there. I mean, if you go to a restaurant and all they have are hamburgers, all you're going to order is a hamburger. And now we can put a broader menu out there. And when we do, folks want, you know, those other meals. Yeah. Ooh, that's fascinating. So across all different generations or age groups, climb was at the bottom, even for older age groups, say fifties, that's still the least wanted, right. Or desired. Uh, impact they're having in their career. What was most commonly at the top or did that change by generation? In aggregate, it was contribution. Hmm. But when we looked at each of the, the decades, contribution and competence just kept flipping depending upon the age range, but they were number one and number two throughout. And then toward the bottom, of course, you know, climb except for the twenties was bottom, but choice was the next one. And that was, or a contentment. And that one kind of flipped around as well. But, but the fact that contribution was at the top in aggregate, I mean, you talk about a hopeful message to managers, managers who've been afraid to have these conversations because they didn't think they had what employees wanted in terms of that next level, you know, position. If the truth is that most people are looking for contribution, man, what manager, what leader wouldn't welcome that? Yeah. It's the ultimate win-win. And, and what do you, when you say contribution, how do you define that? Is that people's desire to feel like they are contributing to the organization, that it matters that they're there? 
Yeah, yeah. It plays out. It's interesting. It plays out in so many ways. One dimension of it, and, and it's interesting, you know, this, I wrote this book during the pandemic. And so it was certainly informed by that uh, experience and the experience of, of those with whom I, I was engaging, as well as pre-pandemic thinking. But I think the pandemic maybe has even amplified this desire for contribution, you know, but it, it, it comes out in terms of wanting to live on purpose you know, have their values and what's important to them expressed in the workplace. And so you mentioned like DEI being something that is a, a value that is being brought into the, the workplace. You know, folks want to see what matters to them there and, and work for organizations that reflect their values. So it's part of the purpose and meaning thing. Part of it is wanting to make a difference you know, really wanting to step up, step out, be of service, do something that makes a difference for others. In some cases, it's about aligning with sort of mission-driven initiatives in an organization and feeling that sense of changing something, you know, for the better. As humans, we just have this need to, to make a difference and it's playing out. And what's interesting is when we grow contribution, when we well, let me let me step back for a second. We've all had the experience of stepping up and contributing more and getting something back for it in terms of our growth and development. I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you think of a time when you contributed more and you gained something in the process? Oh, I mean, so many times, right? And I, I think I, I see that very often with other people too. When I talk to them, there's such an eagerness to want to feel like they're contributing. And I've had that as well. Like anytime you join a new group or a team. And as I've been, it reminds me too, as I've been running my talent development hot seat podcast, I often ask guests about their biggest career mistake. And one of the most common mistakes I've heard multiple people talk about is I joined a new company or starting a new part of my career. And I jumped in too quickly giving suggestions because I felt I really was so eager to give value that I should have stopped and like taken stuff in and learned from people first. But I was so eager and I see that as like, that's human nature, right? We want to be seen as valued. Otherwise we're afraid we might get kicked out of the tribe or something. And yeah. so we get a lot of um, fulfillment from feeling like we are contributing, like we are valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And in the process, we're, I mean, you know, even as you were just talking there, we're talking about expanding our networks, probably learning new skills, stepping into new challenges that are going to stretch us in different directions. So contribution we've all experienced growth through contribution in kind of a reactive way. So what we're talking about here is how can, as a, a leader, how can you work with people to be more proactive and intentional about it so that they make some decision about, uh, decisions about how they want to contribute, but then we're making sure it's delivering on the growth and development that they're looking for too. And when we're intentional, I mean, imagine that the magnitude of increase of growth that's possible when we're intentional about it, rather than just kind of haphazard grabbing it as we can. Yeah. And I was just reflecting more on myself as I have the podcast and then the content I put out and then the summit, you know, we made the summit available for free. I do a lot of stuff that I do making it available to everybody. You know, I don't want to make it like I'm running a charity here. I'm trying to make money, but of course, I put contribution above that. I want to make sure that I'm helping people and I'm making an impact before I go out and, and try to sell things and, and build my business. And I'm sure a lot of people are the same way in their careers. So Julie, we got to wrap this up. I want to leave with a couple 
key things that people can take away from this one for employees that are looking for, well, how can I leverage this or use this knowledge, this teaching to help me in my career? What's something I should go do to, to find more fulfillment in my career? And then number two, for leaders, what's something I can do to help my employees, you know, with more contribution or more fulfillment, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'll just streamline this with one answer to both because they, they really need to work synergistically. So employees need to get their arms around this expanded definition of career and career development and do some reflection on what really is of greatest interest. How do they want to grow in the here and now in ways that are you know, under their control and under the control of their, their managers? Managers need to engage with employees and help participate in that reflective process through coaching, through conversation, help people understand what they're interested in and then what's possible in the organization. We have a, a free online assessment that folks can take that will help them to kind of sort through this in a thoughtful way. And it identifies the, their top interest and offers a little bit of perspective and reflection questions to help them dig deeper so that they can begin to engage in really meaningful conversations with their managers. I love that. And managers obviously want leaders to be open and, and encourage having these conversations and ask questions and be curious and talk with your people about what they're interested in, maybe have them go through a survey or an assessment like what you're talking about. So for anybody interested in getting that assessment, finding out more information about what you're working on. To my website, juliewinklegiulioni.com. And they can also pre-order the book on Amazon anytime between now and March. And its promotions are so yesterday. All right. The book is promotions are so yesterday, Julie Winkle Giulioni, make sure you go visit her website and go take that assessment and uh, go ahead and pre-order that book because I know it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. And Julie, I appreciate you coming on to share. We talked about so much great stuff about why promotions are so yesterday, why the traditional ladder and climbing the ladder has changed in the corporate world, the pressure that people put on themselves, the risks that come from, you talked about 70% of employees say they would leave. Uh, you know, if, if given a better opportunity to grow and find more contribution in their career, we talked about the alternative definitions of careers, the, some of the research that you had, your multidimensional career framework and the eight uh, dimensions of career and how contribution showed up almost consistently at the top for people while climbing the ladder showed up consistently near the bottom for most age groups. Um, and we also talk about some of the results of your research and the things you found from talking to people, what they're doing um, and how employees can find more fulfillment in their career. So we covered a lot of great ground in this interview. So thank you so much for Julie for, for coming on. This has been great. Thank you, Andy. All right. And thank you for watching and listening to this interview. Uh, if you have not already upgraded to get more access to this summit, make sure you head on over to ownyourcareersummit.com where you can find out about all of our upgrade options, including taking the Own Your Career online course so you can go deeper into owning your career and your life. So thank you again for watching and listening, and we'll see you on the next session. That will do it for my interview with Julie Winkle Giulioni, all about her new book, Promotions Are So Yesterday. I hope you enjoyed that interview. You got some benefit. You got some ideas, some things to think about for your own career. And speaking of that, if you haven't gotten a copy of my book to help you own your career, I'd love for you to check that out. The book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, Stop Drifting and Take Control of Your Future. It is available now on Amazon and anywhere you buy books. And uh, I've heard from so many great people. We have over 200 
20 five-star reviews on Amazon from people who have benefited from reading the book, and I'd love to count you as one of them. And if you haven't already gotten our free resources that come with the book, and you don't have to read the book to get these or benefit, you can just go to our website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com, click on bonus right there, and you can get my morning routine. You can get my morning affirmations, the three questions I ask anytime I face a big challenge, the top five most common career mistakes, and the five steps to owning your career. There's a ton of great resources there. Head on over to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com and click on free bonus resources. Enjoy.